Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and today I'm joined by Paul Rogers, e-commerce consultant and founder of Avant. And we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of Shopify for SMEs. So good morning to you, Paul. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, great, thanks. I'm really looking forward to discussing the ins and outs in Shopify. It's been a little while since I've discussed Shopify in detail with anyone and just the emergence of Shopify over these last, in particular for me that stands out over these last three years. Um, but Shopify first come onto my radar, maybe six years ago, I'm going to say, right. uh, maybe, maybe even longer. And um, it just feels like the go-to platform for SMEs, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people that are looking to start e-commerce stores. Um, but before we go into the detail of Shopify, can you take a moment to introduce yourself, maybe describe your background and your role at Vivant? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I am an e-commerce consultant. I've been working in e-com for about 12, 13 years, something like that. Um, and over the last kind of five or six years, I've been focusing primarily on replatforming. Um, so as a business, if Vivant have an e-com team of three, and most of our projects would be either kind of platform assessment projects where we'd kind of gather requirements and um, kind of build out specs and then kind of agree solutions based on a platform and various kind of third parties. Um, and that, But then we'd also kind of support the delivery of projects as well. Um, so kind of either project managing a replatforming project or kind of offering like technical solution support essentially. Uh, and then the last kind of offering as part of the e-com side is road mapping really and kind of supporting ongoing kind of customer experience and growth initiatives essentially. Um, and then in terms of platforms as well, so we work a lot with Shopify Plus. So over the last two or three years, kind of as you said, Shopify has, you know, really grown and um, our average client is kind of a premium mid-market multi-channel brand. And I think that's one of the biggest areas of kind of growth for Shopify Plus. Um, my background is mostly Magenta and we still do a lot of work with Magenta as well. Um, and then we have a few clients on platforms like Big Commerce and Salesforce Commerce Cloud as well. Um, and then in terms of Vivant, so Vivant's been going for about two and a half years now. Um, we're a team of 11 um, and there's three on the e side and then eight on the paid media side, which is the other side of the business. Amazing. And um, I guess has, has there been a, an acceleration in your business and a rise in your business alongside this emergence of, 
I guess, easier to use e-commerce platforms? Yeah, 100%. So I think um, right now, particularly in like that little gap of the market that we're in, um, there's a lot of movement towards SaaS platforms. So big commerce and Shopify being two of the kind of um, lower mid-market solutions. And then you've got Salesforce um, as like a, a commonly used one in the kind of mid-market and enterprise bracket. Um, and I guess out of those, you know, like Shopify's growth in the last two or three years has been insane. Um yeah, and I think that's that's definitely been a big part of kind of not necessarily our growth, but certainly a lot of our projects have come from uh, retailers moving from either a bespoke platform or you know a Magento one, which um, is at end of life or was at end of life stage, um, and then kind of reviewing their requirements and deciding that they want to be on Shopify Plus um, or Shopify, um, and essentially kind of deciding that you know Shopify as a SaaS platform um, might require some compromising areas, but equally it, they can be a lot more kind of self sufficient. There's a lot more. There's a lot less focus on kind of maintenance. Um, and ultimately, they're going to save money, and they're they're more agile. So, yeah, that's definitely been like a bit of a shift um, that's impacted us quite a lot. Yeah, you said something as you were talking there, which was really interesting to me, and is in one of my kind of questions to you. So, I was going to ask, why do you think Shopify has emerged so quickly as kind of the number one player in that e-commerce space? And it seems like partly the reason is that life cycle, that life cycle of Magento one and people having to make that decision, you know, do they stick with Magento or do they make the leap to a new platform? So can, can you maybe speak on um, some of the reasons that you've seen for Shopify taking such a big market share? And also maybe if there are other platforms that you think have done a bad job over the years of yeah. improving their product, why people were maybe moving on from those platforms? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, um, like, ultimately, like, there's not really, like, a perfect platform. And, you know, like, all platforms have limitations and, like, platforms are constantly changing as well. And I'd say with the Magento 1 piece, I think Magento 1 pre-Adobe, um, you know, like, as it was before, um, was a very different platform to what Magento 2 is now. Um, and ultimately, there are a lot of uh, businesses on Magento 1 that weren't right for Magento 2. And I think Shopify had... At, like the right time created like a really compelling offering and like kind of extended different areas of the platform and improved different areas of the platform that just made it a perfect fit and like you know for a lot of the brands you know they've got a really good multi-channel offering now with like the improvements they've made to the pos um they're just like they're constantly introducing new features from kind of like a pim and merchandising perspective like i feel like um yeah shopify has come a long way and particularly on the brand side they've got some insane uh, customers and I think um, our case studies so people like Gymshark people like Simba Sleep Allbirds etc like these kind of right. zero to 50 100 150 million online businesses that kind of really attract similar businesses and other brands um, and in terms of kind of actual benefits and like, I think the reason a lot of these people are going to plus um, big part of it comes down to like maintenance I guess as I mentioned before and Shopify being a SaaS kind of hosted platform um, and really like I guess allowing the business to focus more on kind of marketing merchandising um, and then beyond that so the kind of total cost of ownership of a Shopify store is generally lower for uh, kind of mid-market um, or SMB mid-market um, brand or retailer um, and there's a lot more agility which I mentioned before 
Um, and I think also Shopify's ecosystem is very impressive. So, and this is another big part of their growth that doesn't get talked about quite as much, but they've got a really strong ecosystem of like technology partners, kind of smaller app developers, and also agencies as well, like some really strong development agencies uh, that can build like a really good, strong, highly customized Shopify store um, for a much lower amount of money than a lot of the kind of Magento agencies. And that's not necessarily... I think there's just, you know, Magento, there's a lot more um, need from a back-end perspective in particular. Um, and that then has kind of created um, higher costs all around the platform. Um, yeah, and the only thing I would say is like with that M1 to M2 piece, so there are there's definitely a lot of scenarios where Magento 2 is a better fit than Shopify as well but it's generally more of like a complex retailer um, or they've got kind of specific requirements that really just push Shopify a bit too far. Um, and generally when you, if you've got like a set of requirements, you're looking at Magento 2 versus Shopify. Um, it might be that Shopify can actually, you know, ultimately achieve a lot of those requirements but there might be knock-on effects and certainly as you start to scale um, where you've got kind of different workarounds in places so for things like potentially b2b like really complex international like really complex product catalogs um when you start to kind of combine different workarounds and start to need to extend shopify in different ways it can sometimes get to a point where it's a bit more kind of you don't you lose a lot of those benefits around like agility and um kind of the non-technical nature of shopify i guess um so yeah i mean magento 2 definitely still has a place it's just a very different um end of the market and for different types of users i think brilliant yeah there's a lot of useful information in what you've just said and actually it's the perfect transition into what i wanted to talk about next which was when a business comes to you regardless of the platform that they're coming from you have to go through a process of kind of information gathering to help dictate your advice on where you think they should go next and whether they should re-platform or not so can you maybe talk through that process and how that works at vivant yeah absolutely so um i guess usually there'd be two stages to like the initial kind of um discovery piece so the first one would be kind of around business objectives um which is actually you know ultimately has like a massive um input into what the business ends up doing so you know if someone's looking to go from five to 100 million um quickly um you know that could have a really big uh kind of impact on the decision um or if they're looking to internationalize or they're looking to introduce you know a big wholesale channel or it's more kind of yeah just d2c growth um yeah so initially we'd be kind of we'd be trying to extract a lot of um information around the business um the objectives the team structure uh, kind of capabilities they've got internally all of that kind of stuff just to give us some context um, and then we would start to run kind of workshops, I guess, around more of the functional requirements um, and kind of, you know, the initial setup, how things like product are set up, if they are doing international, how the stores are set up, um, any kind of like real nuances from a trade-in perspective. Um, yeah, front-end, back-end integrations, everything else. Um, and then we would start to look at that set of requirements and essentially start to assess um what a solution looks like and then with that solution for the different platforms what level of customization is required you know the third parties are required um pros and cons of different approaches in those areas um and then we'd start to look at things like costs and how it how it would impact like a team and ultimately how 
different approaches in some of the key areas would kind of come back to those business objectives and like scale as the business grows or kind of continues to move forward I guess um yeah and then from there like we might start to like maybe at this point we've got one or two platforms and we're starting to really like hone in on kind of different third parties and and really starting to like um agree the approach and then from there um we'd kind of go out to agencies or start to build a more detailed spec for an internal team um to go into build and at that point we've kind of um selected the platform and built out the technology stack and kind of mapped out how the integrations would work and everything else and how long does that process take? That's a good question. And it does vary. So I feel like every everyone that comes to us like, wants to do that really quickly. And they say, like, you know, can we do this in a month? Um, and I would say like, in the past, we've had some clients where we have done that in a month, but it's been quite intense and there's been like less stakeholders. Um, and it's much easier, you know, if you've got one main decision uh, maker and you've got like only a few people involved in like the day-to-day VCOM. Uh but uh, generally, it'd probably be more like, I guess, six to 12 weeks um, yeah. in an ideal world. Um, may, actually, I'd say more like maybe six to eight weeks on average. Um, and then that would kind of involve different stakeholders. Um, we do lots of different workshops with different parts of the business. So, you know, finance, marketing, IT, um, and then e-com operations, etc. Um, and then, yeah, so I go on. Yeah. And then I was going to say just that you touched on the assumption there that it will, it, you know, people think that it might be quite a quick turnaround. Uh, and on the topic of assumptions, are there any other assumptions or misconceptions that businesses have when they come to you and say, okay, we want to, we want to replatform Shopify. Um, what, what are some of their kind of, uh, yeah. What are some of their misconceptions as, as they do that? Yeah, 100%. So I feel like there's always loads of uh, misconceptions around Shopify. So um, the biggest ones are usually like the negatives of Shopify. So and so one of the biggest limitations of Shopify historically and, and now compared to some of the other platforms is essentially um, the setup of multi-store. So if you've got different international stores and there's a need, uh, sorry, and if you're you know, an international business and you've got um, kind of, yeah, different countries or territories that you're trading in and you need different stores. And a lot of the time that would come down to uh, kind of nuances around um, either the business, you know, product catalog, warehouses, order management, etc. Um, that if you end up with a need to have five independent stores, for example, um, in Magento, there's kind of like a global local kind of parent child relationship, um, where, you know, their multi-store offering is really strong. Um, and Shopify is, Shopify don't really have a multi-store architecture right now. So, um, essentially you'd have five independent stores and then you would look at different processes and third party, um, to kind of reduce the overhead of that for internal teams. Um, so the misconception there really, I guess the first one is that you can't do proper international on Shopify and that's not the case. And, you know, we've involved different third parties and, you know, we've got a couple of clients that use PIM, um, and have kind of different levels of scripting, uh, to kind of sync stores, um, and also use other third parties. Like, you know, they push more stuff into their ARP or they've just kind of like really honed that or kind of really, um, uh, they've got really strong processes around import exports. They've selected third parties that can uh, work across multiple stores, etc. Um, that have actually really benefited from Shopify's approach, particularly if you've got local language as well, or you know, or you need different currencies and everything else. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good case studies on that side. Like I think Gymshark have got more than 10 stores. We've got a client that have got 15. Um, you know, all birds are six or seven, I think. Um, and there's loads of them. And I think you just need to kind of um, work with that. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, and then there's, there's just loads of other ones like, you know, complex catalog. I've had people come to us saying, you know, we've got over a thousand products so we can't use Shopify when in actual fact, you know, that's, pretty irrelevant really for Shopify these days and also you can you can do a lot with third parties and everything else um yeah there's, there's loads of misconceptions around Shopify to be perfectly honest and then the other one so on top of the limitations of Shopify you've also got people that just think Shopify is perfect and they're like given the trajectory and all the case studies and general kind of buzz and hype around Shopify um they're just obsessed with the idea of going with Shopify and uh and at that point you know there's been instances where we've said shopify is not the right platform for you and maybe and the other thing is you know they've seen headless shopify sites um, or they've seen kind of people do a certain level of revenue on shopify and they just think it would still meet requirements um in certain areas where it probably isn't quite the right platform um so we've definitely had that before as well but i think you know out of all the platforms on the market shopify is definitely the one because of the attention around it um and because you know all the other platforms are so frustrated with all the other agencies using the other platforms are so frustrated with shopify and there's just there's just so much attention around it and that's just led to a lot of kind of yeah misconceptions and misinformation i'd say yeah that's a great um kind of anecdote towards the end there as you were saying that one of the misconceptions is that spot uh, shopify is perfect uh because it's a testament in a way to their marketing um, yeah. yeah anyone just thinks that they can pick it up and that's perfect for their business when actually that like you said it's a you have to go through a bit of a needs assessment to figure that out yeah um but, but yeah complete testament to the fact that some of those companies you mentioned gymshark all birds they've grown with their company and now they're kind of these shining lights and they they kind of this project this vision of what can be achieved on that if you use that particular platform yeah. so uh, i guess i guess a shout out to shopify's marketing team on that one i think they're um, definitely one of the best marketing oh, yeah. companies out there like it is a really good platform but there's i mean like yeah it's insane their marketing well yeah actually as we as we as we're talking about shopify uh, I, I feel like every time i say shopify now i'm going to keep saying spotify yeah uh, that's it, another one <laughs> yeah, it's pretty common once it's in, once it's in your head uh, it's very hard to get out but um yeah i mean it's standing out to me that i guess it, it just in the world of business the two things that you want are number one start with the product you want an amazing product and if you've got that and then you can combine that with great marketing where you've got longevity and i think shopify have the product they have a great product um and then they've added the marketing element to it i mean again i've been in marketing for a while so for me shopify like i said i think it came on my radar about seven years ago it might have even been even longer and even back then they had started out with such a strong content marketing strategy yeah um so they invested in that from the very start. So it's no surprise to really see them see where they are today um, in that respect. Yeah. Um, moving on to, I, I guess we're going to stumble across more misconceptions um, as we talk through this, um, but also a lot of the great things about Shopify. So maybe can you speak on the pros and cons more explicitly of Shopify particularly for SMEs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think for kind of SMEs, like, you know, small businesses that maybe don't have e-commerce teams, um, 
yeah, just generally kind of smaller businesses. I think there's so many pros. Um, so outside of features, like I say, you've got kind of the agility piece, you know, the, the entire ecosystem around the platform means you could very, very quickly uh, set up a store, um, you know, use a base theme. Um, there's so many apps available and, you know, even native kind of channels within Shopify as well. You could integrate with marketplaces. You could use their POS, um, you know, things like uh, Google Shopping, Facebook. so easy to set up. Um, and everything's kind of very configurable. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, and then beyond that, you've kind of got the less technical nature of the platform generally. But, yeah, I think there's, there's a huge amount of pros for SMEs. Um, and then a lot of that still scales up, but it becomes quite different as the businesses get bigger, um, where you don't tend to use a lot of those apps and kind of default channels. You would use more kind of like enterprise third parties, I guess, around the platform. Um, and then I guess in terms of cons, so as much as Shopify continues to grow and, you know, they release features so quickly, like, you know, around COVID, you know, things like curbside pickup, um, the rate of which they've been uh, kind of introducing features around POS and social and some of these kind of newer things they're doing with uh, you know, Facebook and Google and everything else is just insane. But there are still some core areas of the platform which still need improvement. So international in general has been something they've been working on a lot over the last few years but there's still no ability to have kind of fixed price books right now for multi-currency um there's still no underlying multi-store architecture uh, b2b as much as i believe it's coming pretty soon um they're still like you know that's still not as strong as most of their competitors um, and also things like Shopify payments is a massive pro in terms of getting set up to take payments super quickly, really easily, fully integrated with the platform. But if for any reason you're ineligible for Shopify payments um, or it just doesn't meet your requirements, uh, payments can be a real kind of struggle with Shopify. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely pros and cons. I think the other thing is, I haven't really said it, but Shopify is really rigid as a platform. Like It's getting more open and like the front end now you have you know, the ability to create completely customized front end experiences and sites look completely different from each other. Um, you know, and even on the back end, you know, via their APIs and apps, you can do, you can actually achieve really complex things with Shopify. Um, but it is rigid. Like the check, you know, the checkout's very rigid. As good as it is, you can't really customize it a lot. Um, there's certain areas of Shopify where, you just you literally just cannot customize it and that can be very frustrating. So yeah, definitely um, kind of pros and pros and cons, but the pros are pretty strong, I would say right now, for, particularly for a, a retailer that's kind of, yeah, eligible or a good fit for Shopify. And um, a couple of questions just around some, pro, I guess, pros and cons. So um, another thing that I'm just seeing as an observer uh, and I've spoken to other people on the podcast about this recently is users now expecting different payment solutions. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, th- I'm talking things like Klarna, Clearpay and so yeah. forth. Um, are those uh, payment options easy to integrate with Shopify? Yeah. So actually one of the big benefits, or like this is a massive benefit of Shopify. So if you're using Shopify payments, um, straight away, you, you have a lot of payment options available to you, particularly things like Apple pay, Android pay, you know, yeah, right. um, paypal everything else and then you have shop pay which is shopify's kind of own digital wallet payment method that allows you to essentially pay in pretty much one click um, if you checked out on shopify before and saved your details 
Um, so that's that's massive and that's getting much bigger and from the data that I've seen in the past it looks like it converts really well and we've got a few clients who use it and love it um, so yeah overall payments really strong and then on top of that you've got very like you've essentially got a section within Shopify where you can select different payment options and dependent on what that option is uh, so something like Klarna you can integrate directly within Shopify really quickly and um, some of the other ones you would use a third party so something like Molly which is essentially like um a company that would just manage the integration with the payment methods um and yeah and you can vary so like the other day with a client i wanted to set up ideal so forth gyro pay uh klana uh and alipay um and i was able to do it within about 15 minutes um and they did already have a molly account but yeah that's a big pro again because when you're doing that with some of the more enterprise or more complex platforms um you're talking you're talking a lot of development work as opposed to configurate like back-end configuration there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That's brilliant. And um, yeah, that's amazing for e-commerce owners that are just looking for very easy payment solutions. I yeah. guess that's what, and again, another reason Shopify is a good uh, a go-to and on the flip side uh, again i was speaking to someone recently and they were talking about the frustration with sh- i think it was the shopify search functionality yeah is, is that a problem is that something you've experienced i mean it's not very good <laughs> um, so <laughs> right. i mean very few platforms have a strong native search capability and i don't really know why this i was talking to someone yesterday about search and merchandising and i guess the ability how long it would take a platform to create a really good base offering so search is a, an example where you're always going to have a third party that's going to be 10 times stronger because that company is solely focused on search and in most cases with the really good solutions they've got like backgrounds in natural language processing and machine learning and everything else but i do think that all of the platforms should have like a base level of kind of searchandising essentially where you can have or you can have some level of control over things like um, the ordering of results, prioritization, um, 
yeah, more control over things like synonyms and filters and everything else, like really basic stuff. Um, but overall, yeah, so Shopify is not great, but there's a lot of third parties. So at the lower end, you've got uh, solutions like Boost and um, uh, Search and Eyes, and then you've got companies like Clayville or Algolia at the higher end and various ones in between. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that, again, is like you really do utilize the ecosystem um, kind of as you grow with Shopify. Is there any standout feature of Shopify that you just wish they had that you either get commonly requested from clients or prospects? 100% multi-store. It's always multi-store, yeah. (laughs) Right, there you go. And um, moving on um, to the marketing angle of this, so I'm really interested to know, um, so you've actually mentioned yourself that Shopify has evolved over the years to work with so many third-party developers. There There are lots of Shopify plugins for lots of different use cases but can you maybe speak on some of the marketing ones that are most interesting maybe to our listeners and to yourself yeah absolutely so like our average client so from a marketing and cx perspective so the ones that we work with most commonly so we would usually use nosto for like personalization so product recommendations content personalization sometimes kind of bundles with a level of personalization um we would then usually use clayview for search uh, which I mentioned before, uh, something like reach for potentially on more commonly or increasingly commonly, we're starting to use reach for international payment methods, um, recharge for subscriptions, and then Ametria.digital or Clavio for kind of email or CRM. Um, and then we've been using Glue for reporting quite a lot recently. Um, and then on top of those, so they're more kind of CX ones, I guess. And then you've got something like we work with Elevar a lot for kind of uh, Google Analytics, GTM, particularly if you're using some of the other kind of third parties like Recharge for subscriptions. Um, they've got a really nice offering. Um, and then for the paid side of the business, we work with uh, Data Feed Watch quite a lot for like creating like a base shopping feed. And then we would integrate with something like Shoptimized or Feed Optimize or something like that to then further optimize that. Um, so yeah, I, I guess they're probably the main ones from a marketing perspective. I think. And just as we're speaking on marketing a little bit, do you are there any major, I guess, obstacles for marketers that you see in respect of Shopify? Kind of common requests yeah. or feedback. One that you thing, get? yeah. So there's one thing I've missed, and that I shouldn't have missed on this podcast in particular. But um, yeah, the SEO side of Shopify is actually the other big one that is in probably actually the biggest frustration for a lot of people with that are moving to Shopify. And like, it's, it's often, I've actually had some clients that were perfectly suited to Shopify, but have gone with big commerce because it's more open from an SEO perspective. So oh, very rigid in that perspective. So URL structure is fixed. You can't edit the robots.txt. Um, yeah, a few kind of other bits. And that can be very frustrating so essentially you know i mean the big one for me is is the url piece so if i've got five international stores and i'm looking to move to shopify and currently they're on subfolders, i would need to move them to or almost definitely dependent on the requirement i'd need to move them to subdomains or cctlds so there's like a domain migration element um, which is avoidable with other platforms um, and then on top of that, every URL on the site is likely to change as a result of the kind of fixed URL structure with products, collections, pages, blogs. Um, so, yeah, SEO is a bit of an annoying one, to be perfectly honest. Um, there is a way around, like, if you wanted to go down the headless route, which has a lot of major knock-on effects as well, um, you can uh, control the URLs, but essentially 
you're going back into the realms of creating like a really technical um, platform solution. Um, so yeah, the SEO one is a, is a big one, I would say. Yeah, it goes back to your point earlier, actually, where you were saying that Shopify might not be for everyone. And in fact, you know, you need to go through that process of assessing your requirements. And it could be that, you know, if organic search, for whatever reason, is the number one driver of your revenue or traffic to your site, and that's your kind of, that's your bread and butter, um, then you might want to strongly consider before you move to Shopify. Because although, although, as you've said, although there are workarounds, you're you're not going to get exactly the same organic search experience and features for SEO. Um, That's really interesting. I mean, just from my perspective, I've what that was a problem with Shopify very early on when I started to hear about Shopify. And I feel like what I'm reading over the years, Shopify has definitely improved in respect of the SEO elements and flexibility, but it's still from what you're saying, it seems like they've still got quite a way to go. And um, actually on that point, it leads me to my next question, which was going to be about emerging platforms. Yeah. So again, just from a marketer's perspective, I'm not only am I seeing kind of this option now with flexible payment solutions, but with things like, um, Facebook stores emerging, people being able to buy directly from uh, social platforms. There are just there's there there doesn't seem to be any let up in the way in which you can buy products online. So I'm just from your perspective interested to know if you see any emerging e-commerce platforms that might rival shop, uh, Shopify in the short term. Yeah, so I think Shopify's got so broad now, and they cover like you know you could literally see the top end. Shopify's got stores doing over a billion dollars online and then you've got people doing you know like nothing essentially like really small businesses so i think at the higher end and it's not necessarily you know they're a small player in that enterprise market but there's some really cool platforms there so i think commerce tools is the really obvious one which is like an api first like hyper modern platform that you would kind of build on top of and i think that's winning they're winning a lot of big businesses um and it's it's a very compelling offering i guess particularly if you're like a cto or um yeah technical leader um so i think at the higher end you've got platforms like commerce tools also like elastic path um various other kind of smaller ones that are up and coming um in the mid market big commerce is doing really well um in the uk in particular so they're quite a new entrant and they've picked up a lot of really nice deals recently um and they've got a similar proposition to shopify with a few kind of uh, features that Shopify aren't as strong in as well, particularly B2B. So big commerce is, is a big one for them, I think, particularly in Europe. Um, and then you've got, I mean, to be honest, it's going to be really interesting to see what platforms, so like MailChimp acquired an e-com platform, I think it was last year, it might have been the year before. Um, Square are really pushing in uh, e-com at the lower end and then there's, there's constantly new entrants. Um, and then you've also got in that mid-market again, like, you know, there's a platform called Centra that we've been looking at quite a lot recently in Sweden that's starting to move into new markets. You've got Shopware from Germany that are growing and kind of modernizing as a platform. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's loads. It's actually like, yeah. and in the US, there's another one called Work Area that's very impressive, like really impressive um so i'd say like this is like the most crowded this space has ever been for me and like it's just constantly changing um yeah but i still think shopify's got a way like that it'll take some beating in that kind of brand mid-market space yeah it goes to show just um if there's an area that's that tends to have a lot of competition or early competition then it's probably an area for your customers that's important and what i mean by that is it just goes to show just how e-commerce is changing and also all of the ways in which people are buying now 
um, and expecting to buy is just changing so rapidly. So it's an exciting place to be. And it's, um, I guess that's one of the reasons that it's so exciting, so exciting to talk to you because you're in that on a day-to-day basis at the moment. And though I can imagine that can be very difficult and stressful at times, keeping on top of everything, um, it's also probably really exciting and really interesting to see all these platforms, including Shopify, emerge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, this is definitely like, like I love it at the moment. It's just kind of, and it's not even it's not just the ecom platforms. It's all like the technology partners and vendors around the platforms as well that are just doing really well. Like you know, areas like customer service, personalization, search, like all of these tools are just constantly like getting better. Um, and then like ultimately like extending the platforms and, and areas like payments as well. Like I just think um, yeah, ecom is a really exciting place to be now. And like everyone says that COVID has kind of pushed econ forward 10 years and a lot of these technology companies are like doing so much to try and like keep up with the demand and um yeah it's a really exciting place to be at the moment amazing well it's been great to talk to you and um before i let you go do you just want to let our listeners know where they can find out more uh, about you and vivant yeah absolutely yeah so um so essentially yeah vivant vivant.com um yeah relatively small agency ecom specific paid media and uh and then also the consultancy side and then i have a blog which is paulnrogers.com uh, which is an e-commerce blog um, and then i also run a podcast called replatform.fm um, which i run with another ecom consultant who's very knowledgeable called james good um yeah and then i think that's it Perfect. Well, I'm going to recommend that if you if you're a business out there that's considering replatform, uh, replatforming, uh, reach out to Paul. And just on the because we touched on the organic search front um, at Site Visibility, we've invested a lot of our time and effort in historically helping businesses uh, that are replatforming manage the SEO side of their migrations and ensuring we're kind of protecting their traffic and their business essentially. And um, we've produced a guide called. Um, I think it's called the ultimate migration guide and you can still find that at bit.ly slash ultimate hyphen migration so it stands out to me if you're thinking of replatforming reach out to Paul reach out to site visibility and uh, both protect your traffic and uh, really ease your ease your life by picking the right platform into the future for yourself Uh, Paul I'm just going to thank you again for your time and uh, yeah wish you all the best great thank you very much brilliant thanks for that Paul take care Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 